Once upon a time warp in a galaxy very, 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 very far away, there lived a ruthless race of beings known as Spaceballs. Chapter 11. The evil leaders of planet Spaceball, having foolishly squandered their precious atmosphere, have devised a secret plan to take every breath of air away from their peace-loving neighbor, Planet Druidia. Today is Princess Vespa's wedding day. Unbeknownst to the princess, but knownst to us, danger lurks in the stars above. If you can read this, you don't need glasses. This week, it's our first ever episode of our brand new podcast. How Spaceballs is it? Gotcha. This is still the same old show. It's still House Towers, isn't it, everybody? I'm Don't still Mike. <laughs> and I'm still Josiah. And we are uh, recording remotely, but uh, we are very well suited to record remotely during this uh, shelter-in-place moment we're having in the country because we've been recording remotely this podcast for a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for almost the ma- for the uh, not even almost for the majority of the lifetime of this podcast, yeah. we've recorded remotely. But uh, so, uh, from, what is the show? Uh, this show is House Stars, is it? And it is a show where we rate and review things oh, yeah. not on how good or bad they are but on how star wars they are that's right and we thought that uh what a what a perfect uh time of the year to cover the parody movie of star wars Spaceballs, since it is the week of april fool's day yeah how hey everybody how's your april fool's going you uh did you uh, Are you all pinch? ready for it? Because this Did is a couple of days someone? ahead of time. <laughs> That's true. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready to pinch someone if they're not wearing yellow or something. Yeah, right. Or put dog We've... dog poop under the Christmas tree. Now, Mike, we did an episode <laughs> on <laughs> the concept of April Fool's Day. Oh, yeah. Did we not? <laughs> was that during holiday week? I think that was during or holiday, holiday month. month. Yeah. Right? I believe so. Is that so. when we talked about the holiday special? Yes, because I, think I was, it was trying to remember when we said that. Because another another thing we're going to do today, listeners, um, we rate and it's review really things. Um, besides yeah, yeah, just yeah, talking blah, blah, blah. about spaceballs, is we are also going to uh, beat out a a modern day take on the Star Wars holiday special. We have the outline of the original 1978. Uh, TV special they did that is like a you know complete garbage, and we God, so uh, each kind of wrote our own versions of all of the beats, and we're gonna kind of take which ones we like best and put together an outline for a new holiday special. Yeah, a new modern day, really fun, sexy holiday <laughs> special, and uh, it's gonna be hopefully just as bad as the original. Right, right, um, right. 
but so we've we've so we, I mean we've recorded an episode on April Fool's Day. We covered how much we 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 we've covered our distaste for pranks. Right, which Mike is funny that you say that record. because right as we were starting this, I was thinking about how I. As a kid, and to a degree still today, love that section at, like, party stores where they have the, like, zapping stick of gum and the, like, fake dog poop and the stuff like that. Like, just off-the-shelf pranks that, like, you would never see the sort of, you know, whatever pencil or the whatever pen and think, oh, that's a real pen. (laughs) Like, they just look like they have a battery in them. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, honestly, same. I love that. Loved, loved that shit. Still love that shit. Like, like the little stick of gum that has it sticking out, and you pull it, and it shocks you. Yeah, that's right. Like, that's some fun stuff. And my dad would do that to me all the time, and I hated it when he did it. But I <laughs> thought it was funny when I did it to other people. Sure. Yeah, mean. Like the peanut mean brittle sp- snakes. Love them. Eat them. Love up. them. But because we've and, already uh, covered. April Fool's. Oh, what and did, what? Have we talked about that specifically? I feel like we've talked about peanut brittle snakes before. Paul F. Tompkins then, has a really, really good stand-up bit about the peanut brittle snake prank. Do it, word for word. Okay. Um, <laughs> hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, my name is Paul F. Tompkins. Do you want me to do the whole special or just that? yeah? Start from the beginning. Okay. Um, thank you so much for welcoming to welcoming me here at the uh, the Wilbur. Start Theater over. You messed up. Start over. You messed up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Three, two, one. Good evening. <laughs> this is uh, bad. But yeah, no, we've already covered April Fool's Day, so we thought, hey, let's yeah, cover. Let's let's play a little joke of our own that's gonna let, that lasts for a minute and a half until and then we <laughs> let everybody know it's not real. But right. we are covering. We are covering Spaceballs, though, for right. sure. Um, and it's gonna be silly. Gosh, man, it's been a minute since I've seen this flick. M- me too. Um, and in fact, it's been a minute since I watched it for this podcast. I probably watched it a week or two ago, and I did a piss poor job of taking notes because I have four notes in my phone, and they have nothing to do with this podcast, really. It was more just um, <laughs> my reactions. But uh, I think, yeah, my I, notes I'm were gonna, not. I'm going to just like go out on a limb here. Just a, a okay. high, high, Be careful. Uh, Be high level thesis. Yeah, well, I, I, it is precarious. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure that mm-hmm. Mel Brooks movies really work so well anymore. That might be misinformed because uh, they there are lots of them, and I'm sure I haven't seen every single one. And I've also it's been a while since I've seen them, and I also know that Spaceballs was more of a um, later film, and it was past the point where he kind of uh, was really writing love letters to movies he liked as a kid, you know. So yes. like it might just be that this one itself is sort of eye rolly, but like. I, I love I, I I like Mel Brooks's sensibility and I like I like the movies that I remember but I uh, boy just like I it was so eye rolly <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I uh, had some fun because I my, my my girlfriend Charlie is in town um, for the sort of beginning of this quarantine stuff that's happening uh, and I. Had, so I, I was planning on watching a lot of these movies that we are, Mike and I are recording a big batch of sessions right now. And so I have watched a lot of movies in the last like day and a half. And I was planning on watching a lot more or more of them sort of spread out. Ended up kind of watching them all since Charlie's been here. So she is kind of mad at me because she has had to watch uh, Austin <laughs> Powers and Spaceballs right. with me. 
uh, and not not her favorite movies. But <laughs> I also made my parents watch Space, Spaceballs last night because I was like, I have to watch it. And my parents hadn't seen it. And my parents love like uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights is like one of our family. Yeah, and classics. I haven't seen that. I need to I need to watch that one. I haven't seen it in a bit. I do remember it being very funny. And like, I do think that movie is very funny. But I watching Spaceballs last night. Uh, yes, there is a sense of not that they're phoning it in because I don't it's he's doing the same bits that he does right with other like uh genre spoofs, but it does seem like it, it does feel like, OK, it's later in his career and it kind of felt like maybe. Mel Brooks was like, well, I got to do a sci-fi one, I guess. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like he didn't actually ever really see Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, it feels like he's and like there is some like some good bits and some like funny jokes in this, but it is like very dumb and also gets very boring by the end of the movie. Yeah, I guess that's the word. I uh, let me walk back immediately what I said early on. I do think he is like a genius. Um. And his like heyday, he was just like the best, the the oh, yeah. funniest guy in town. But uh, it, while like I watched this like between watching like an actual Star Wars movie, I think, and also other like more recent comedy movies, and then not to mention Austin Powers, which we'll get to that. But <laughs> uh, it was just sort of like oh man, like I was I wasn't even all the way through the crawl, or or maybe had just finished, and like there were like three or four just sort of like take to the camera style jokes like so quickly and I was like oh no (laughs) the density of the fourth wall breaking in the first like five minutes is a real um like it it what it didn't make me super excited to keep watching (laughs) yeah there there, this movie has a tone and a style to it that if if you don't immediately if you're not on board with it you will just be the entire thing be like eye rolling and this it's it was weird because there was like it was very honestly it was half and half hit or miss for me and I remember watching this movie for the first time and I was like I don't know 13 and right. I was at my friend Josh Brant's house and That's where I saw it too. You saw it at Josh Brant's house? Yeah. Dude that's wild. But it, he it just was, one, was always insistent on watching Spaceballs. He loved it. But <laughs> he was one of those friends where I like didn't feel cuz like I I didn't feel like we were good enough friends to have like a uh, like spend the night but he had invited me over and I was like well I guess I got to make friends. Okay, whatever. And <laughs> then he was like, yeah, we can watch Spaceballs. And I, I, I did that uh, that impression of you watching Rat Race at a 10th or 5th grade sleepover. <laughs> I was like, this is PG-13, this is PG-13, this is PG-13. <laughs> I knew it was like, and I had like seen, the weird thing is I had seen Robin Hood Men in Tights as like a younger child because it was one of my parents' like favorite like comedies, even though that movie also has inappropriate things in it. Mm-hmm. For like a child, but I remember watching it and thinking and being like, "Oh, this is really funny," but also not really having context for like that kind of movie, really, like a spoof. And I think that's right. one of the reasons. Going back to what you said, like maybe uh, I do think that Mel Brooks movies would not work today, and it's because we don't like spoofs anymore. As a yeah, society. that's a good point. Like as a as a movie. uh culture we don't like the uh i should say we don't like broad spoofs that are deliberately spoofy like mel brooks did and right. which isn't to say they are bad because i do think like you said like uh, like a lot of his movies are like some some of the best comedies ever made uh sure which isn't isn't even that wild of a thing to say like it's just true right but the spoofs that we like as a movie going like audience these days are 
I don't know. They're not as blatantly spoofy. Like I'm kind of th- the one that comes to mind, which I didn't even see, but I know, and I I know that it wasn't like the best, and like not everyone loved it, but like some people did. Was like Spy with Melissa McCarthy, if that like. Yeah, I it, didn't see that either. But I I just from like the trailer, I have a sense of oh, they were at least sort of honest to being in a reality. It was just sort of like yeah. unlikely partnership was the quote spoof, but it's more just like um. More of sort of like fish out of water type, uh, yeah, funny, funny reality. Because can you believe these two? Mm-hmm. As and opposed to like every joke is taken to the camera, and it's yes. like, see what we did there with the spelling of the name. <laughs> and I think that like maybe there's some more spoof things on TV that work. Like Rick and Morty is essentially a spoof of just sci-fi in general, right? Um, which also I haven't watched all of, and I don't know why. I don't know why the first examples that are coming to mind are things that I <laughs> haven't watched. Uh, but like, but yeah, I, I think in in. Th- this in or sort of twenty twenty. Look at like Deadpool. That's that yeah. is like um self referential, and he's also sort of taking to the camera. But like the movie has itself its own sort of story, and and no one else is doing that. It's just the sort of narrator character who's taking to the camera. And to be honest, the first one was really funny and surprising. And by the time I saw the second one, I was like, man, fuck, more of this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think you're right. I think we just don't have much patience for the kind of just like capital P parody. Well, and I think it's because if if I had to guess, I think it's because of I think it's because Mel Brooks did it and did it very yes. well, and they were and like Airplane did it and did it very well, <laughs> right. and like uh, National Lampoon did like sort of spoof kind of like so like those movies happened in like the 70s and 80s, and then like kind of. I guess maybe it was just like we as we were like okay those were good and then you have the like not another teen movie kind of spoofs that like were all oh, bad sure. and like none of them were like good. scary movie yeah and, and so like I think there was disaster movie yeah and I think there was such diminishing returns with those and there are so few examples of those being good that there's been like a solid two decades where there just aren't any good like just blatant spoof movies. Yeah. And so I think we just were like, well, they were good back then because they did them well. And maybe they already did all the good spoof movies. And so now we, re- now we require them to be like a Deadpool or whatever, where they actually do still have to have a plot while still playing yeah, with right. the conventions of the genre. I'm trying to think even in the past like decade or two, if there have been like spoof movies, like Walk Hard comes to mind, but that was probably 15 years ago. I don't remember when it came out, but it was almost, um, yeah, I would say probably 10, 13 years ago. And like the, and Popstar, the Lonely Island movie, that wasn't necessarily a spoof per se, but it was sort of a, it was like trope laden. Yeah. I think it's interesting because this is, I think we're going to talk about this again in the Austin Powers episode because there is a similar (laughs) Field. Which, by the way, listeners, that's next that's week. Next we're week. we're doing a whole April Fools like <laughs> bookend thing. <laughs> yeah. So like, there is a uh, feeling with those movies, like, oh, we don't really see those like one co- comedian uh, spoof vehicles where it's like one comedian doing a character and like kind of doing a riff mm-hmm. off of those movies anymore. And the, and I think it kind of is in the same way that we don't see like these blatant Mel Brooks style spoofs anymore. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Right. But to that. To that end, 
there I, there are some genuine laughs in this movie for me and like any time oh anytime, to be sure anytime <laughs> they do something for a really long time that is like my that is my soft spot for just comedy so like <laughs> the opening thing where the ship just goes on forever I was like love this love it yeah, like that funny. makes me laugh still whenever like dark whatever helmet is breathing for a long time in the first two seconds of the movie too that made me laugh like they do there are things they do that are like how long can we push this joke and almost every time they do that i'm like excellent stuff very good for me yes yeah but there also are just a lot of just sort of i don't know low-hanging fruit like below the belt yes kind of although okay so in terms of low-hanging fruit ones there are a couple of jokes that come to mind that like do really like make me smile like the the low-hanging fruit ones i'm thinking of are the um you know, I'm surrounded by assholes. Like, okay, wow, <laughs> good lord. His last name's asshole, and all of his family works there too. Like, well, that was a long walk. But the one that like really made me smile is when they all meet yogurt, and they're like, "Yogurt, the all powerful, yogurt, the wise, or whatever." And then he goes, "Ah, please don't make such a fuss. It's just plain yogurt." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's so Mel Brooksy. Yes, but it also was like, uh, like I didn't feel like they were really walking too far for that one. Yeah. There are some, like, I don't know, there there are some, it's funny because some of the jokes in this are, like, not sci-fi specific, and some of them are sci-fi specific, and I don't know, it's, it, 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 like, there's no sort of consistency for which ones land and which ones don't. Like, that asshole joke could have been in literally any movie. Like, it would have been fine. Yes, um, right. Yeah, no, there are some genuine, very funny moments in this movie for me, and I think sci-fi specific one that I really loved. They uh, they try to beam him to that room, and he gets all yes. put backwards, and then they beam him back, and then he says, "I'll just walk," and it's just right across the hall. Great joke. Yeah, that's fantastic. I I yeah. like, and that one you can kind of see coming as soon as he as soon as he beams back. You're like, oh wait, I'll just walk, and then he does, and you're like, ah, oh, fantastic. But yeah, it it did. It was sort of more of one of those like. You know, like I, I really loved the show Thirty Rock. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And uh, I could watch an entire episode and not laugh out loud once. Not that I, not that I never laughed out loud, but like it's more of the sort of like, mm, good job, you yeah. did a really good comedy math problem there. <laughs> yeah, Thirty Rock <laughs> is so dense with jokes, and not all of them are laugh out loud jokes. But it, there is a joke every like thirty seconds, and so like right. you just are kind of like constantly going like, mm-hmm, yep, wow, yeah, that was good. <laughs> Checks out. Yeah, very yep, funny. Good. Very good. Uh, yeah. And but all that to say, I think I don't know. I didn't take many notes on this movie. Like most of my notes were just saying, "Gosh, this is so dumb." And like, this is funny. <laughs> this is dumb. This is funny. This is dumb. There was a we took a break in the middle because Charlie was like, "I need to have a drink if I'm gonna watch this movie with with you." <laughs> and we were out of. Uh, we have like a wine shipment coming in or something. So. Charlie was like, oh, I'll make martinis. But then we didn't have olives. So we like went to the store, even though like, you know, right now the store is a terrifying place and got right. olives just so she could make martinis. <laughs> so we had a whole like martini break in the middle of this movie, uh, which was honestly worth it. It was pretty good. And then finished it. So then by the end of it, I was like, not like, you know, I was feeling a little warm. It was good. Um, yeah. Yeah. But. I think it is like this might be I don't know Mel Brooks is definitely playing with the idea of the hero's journey and how like dumb and lucky and like coincidental a lot of things are 
in right. your Star Wars style movies. I also just love that right. it's mostly Star Wars, but then occasionally he'll be like, let's do a Star Trek thing. And then like, it's like, yeah, and right. then, like there's that alien <laughs> thing in the diner. It's like, let's do an alien thing. <laughs> yeah. That was a, that's a great visual gag. You're, you're right. The ones that are just like committed to so hard. Um, the ones that don't feel like real, like sort of, embarrassing reaches like the alien thing is awesome like they had to build a puppet for that and it was great well that was one of the things charlie said she was like hey that's those are some good practical effects and i was like honestly there are some good practical effects in these movies <laughs> like yeah that's a good point so like getting into like exactly how star wars this is it is literally attempting to be star or you know a a send-up of star wars so like if you were to match some of the shots and like dialogue, of course it's pretty Star Wars. Like they they basically copied everything. And if we are looking at it in the way that we look at everything else on this show, we do have to give this a pretty high score. That, that's the thing. When I was taking notes, I was like, "This is honestly very Star Wars," and it's it it, it, it yeah. is because of the amount. Yeah, it's because of the amount of like sort of dedication to like kind of doing a beat for beat like Star Wars thing. And right. they and which they do. It's just like it's not the most like once again there are some things that are kind of low hanging fruit, but like there really is sort of a beat for beat, okay, we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this. There's a desert planet, there's a this planet, there's a big right. evil, like, you know, uh, uh sort of featureless bad guys. Like they hit all the marks and so like whenever I was like, you know, watching and taking notes, I was like, Yeah, this it it starts out kind of a high score because if you took out the jokes, yeah. it would just be a bad Star Wars movie, you know? Yeah, right. So okay, I I have I have a couple of notes here. I just want to do them all sort of out of order. One is uh, Stephen Tobolowski makes a real quick appearance. Yeah, I love that guy. That isn't necessarily Star Wars, but it is Groundhog Day, is Groundhog and Day. we've talked about Groundhog Day a lot on this show. <laughs> um, it's true. And then the other note I have that's a pro is the big air shield that's around the planet, planet Druidia, is very Rogue One. Oh, yeah, yeah, I can see that. That, like, air shield around Scarif that, like, some of the fighters, like, crash into, um, that was, like, you know, like, a funny, like, one-to-one. Yep. Um, the other thing I have here uh, that is, is not really a for or against, but I'm curious what your thoughts are... Um, a lot of the names in this are pretty straightforward. Dark Helmet, Colonel Sanders. Like, I get it. Sure. Funny. Yeah. Um, what is... And, and, you know, Barf is a perfect example. That's sure. very funny. His name is Bartholomew. That's hilarious. What is President Scroob? Because I can tell that that sounds funny. And maybe, like, because screw is a funny word. But is that what that is? I don't know. Is it Scrooge? Is it because he's, like, money-obsessed? But, it, but, but that's it, also but not like, a, a sci-fi thing. So. Yeah, it doesn't sound super sci-fi-y. So I'm just wondering about that. And here's a larger question, but similar kind of uh, flavor of question. What is Spaceballs? <laughs> that's a good question. What does that mean? Like, is it because balls is funny? Or like because the Death Star is a big space ball and then so he made the bad guys space balls? Would, would you call... A group of people balls. Like, I don't know. Oh, man, it, those guys are balls. It is very weird because they do say like that. Spaceballs is an evil race of people, but they're also from planet Spaceball. Yeah, so I think it is just they're like balls is funny. I guess you know yeah. balls is funny. So why not? I don't know. That's a good question. Not all of the not all of the words are like. Yeah, there's not a one to one thing I can think of for Scroob. 
and space balls. It just seems like maybe they were like, this is a funny word. Let's do this. Yeah. Which is like, I think fine. maybe that's, that's what it is. Yeah. Space balls. Also like there's um, so many, I love all the dumb like car names for some reason, like Vespa and or I guess mm-hmm. that's like a, a, a scooter or whatever. Like a scooter. But yeah, very silly. And the, uh, Winnebago, like it's very Lone Star. Dot Matrix. Yes. The names Pizza are very. Pizza the Hut. Yeah. Oh gosh. I think Charlie hadn't seen this movie in a while, and she got so grossed out when Pizza the Hut was on screen, and I was like, "Yeah, he's yeah, terrible." Pizza the Hut is truly upsetting. Truly really an upsetting image to look at, and there's like a Max Headroom thing for a second. It's very weird. Like, yeah, yeah, the like little references, like the oh, oh, the Planet of the Apes reference toward the end that was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, um, it's, it's once again, it's like they are doing a in general Star Wars thing, but then they're like every now and again they'll bring in a specific thing for another. Like you know, sci-fi property, which I mean, that's pretty. That's right. pretty Mel Brooks. Like that's kind of what he does for these kind of movies. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, <sighs> it's like a yeah. S- I don't really have many more pros other than the fact that like this is sort of outlined to match the idea of Star Wars. So like that's not a nothing pro. That's a pretty high score. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this is absolutely high. It starts high, but it, since it is comedy forward and comedy specific, like that's going to take away points, obviously. Yeah. And also because like. And and no one in Star Wars is aware that they're in a movie. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although I don't know. Uh, Ray and everybody in the new ones have definitely well, seen the original shit, Star you're Wars. you're right. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, they gave Chewie a medal because they saw the movie and saw he didn't get a medal. So, like, you know, who knows? So, like, uh, it, like um, knowing that you're in a movie or having seen Star Wars is now not necessarily a con <laughs> against something being Star Wars. It is less of a pro than it is a con. You know, like yeah. it, is, it is more of a con than a pro, but it's only like a, a one third to two thirds ratio there. So a movie that is about Star Wars, you are already at like a three. <laughs> yes. I think I think it loses points too because like, you know, it, it isn't as good of a plot. Like the plot yeah. is not good. And at least even in the worst Star Wars movies, you're at least kind of excited, like a little right. bit. Right. Um or like it's exciting enough and like kind of the visuals are exciting although like something charlie mentioned too uh was like the costume design in this is pretty good and like yeah. the like the designs of the sort of sets and like the sci-fi stuff they attempt to do like it, honestly i kind of believe it it does look like a low budget right uh you know a uh, sort of 70 late 70s early 80s style yeah, sci-fi right. movie like they do a decent job of that the music I love is like dark helmets tie <laughs> yes that's cute oh yeah i was gonna talk about the music too the music is a pretty much zero it's a zero though there is that one really fun song at the end oh space ball <laughs> yes. yeah that's true uh yeah it, the music isn't really there's not really as much bops there is some like sneaking around and stuff there sure. like they do they do 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 they do their <laughs> due diligence and they and they have like the sort of all the beats there for what a Star Wars thing is. Also, the literal just like freaking shot over the bow of at George Lucas about the merchandising and start like toy stuff. Right, that's a fun one. That's that's and also very Star Wars. Like even just saying in the middle of it, like we're gonna sell toys, is right. like yeah, that's true. Yeah, you, you got it. Yeah, Holy boy, ca- Mike, shit, what? Spaceballs the movie the entire time. 
when they were making it, were, was asking how Star Wars is this. Yeah. Like, that's the point of a spoof. Is they our podcast doing... just Spaceballs? Oh, my God. This is, this is, this is earth-shattering. This is ground breaking. This is this is shirt shattering. Dang, that doesn't work as well. <laughs> it's definitely brown breaking. That's for sure. You're you make a good point though. Like okay, so so maybe it gets a a medium to high score of how Star Wars it is, but it gets like a pretty ten out of ten of how how Star Wars is it is it is it. <laughs> Can that be our uh, our like a nesting podcast? How sure? How Star yeah. Do you want to go do an episode of it now, real quick? Yeah, let's go. Welcome to How How Star Wars Is It Is It or Sweet Sweet. Yeah, I'm Mike Mike Gospel Gospel. <laughs> I'm Josiah Josiah Robinson Robinson. And uh, this week we're gonna cover Spaceballs, and I'm gonna just go ahead and say because it's the end of the episode, it's a ten out of ten of How How Star Wars Is It Is It. What do you think, Josiah? I'm gonna have to agree with you. I think it asked the question, "How Star Wars is it?" Before this, uh, the podcast "How Star Wars is it?" even asked that question. So I'm gonna say it is a precursor to this very important podcast, or that we're inside right now. So I'm gonna say, yeah, ten, ten out of ten on the sweet Yeah, the sweet scale. Cool. Well, like we always Roth IR say, may the force be with you. May the Schwartz be with you. Yeah, wait, hold on. Let's get that clean. Okay, okay. Go, Go fuck, fuck yourself, yourself and, and may, may the, the Schwartz, Schwartz be, be with, with you. <laughs> Bye. Let's go back to the Bye. show. All right. Welcome well, back to How Star Wars Is It. I hope you enjoyed our podcast within a podcast. That was a fun episode. Hey, uh, since that one's over, should we take a break for our show here and go to the Sarlacc pit? Yeah, let's do it. And then we can oh. we can come back and, and I'm really excited about our sort of game segment for this episode. Yeah, me too. All right, okay. let's do it. Let's here go. we go. What's up, Mike? Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Welcome back to you, too. And welcome back to you, listeners. Yeah. Hey there, everyone. Did you enjoy that same ad we've been running for like four months? <laughs> yeah, we. I think we. I think we really have phoned it in on <laughs> recording new ones. I Remember think we got how tired we were doing kind of cute ones every week or two? <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what happened. Maybe the maybe the 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 shine is off the vine or whatever that phrase the is. Shine for us. is off the vine. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know that so- classic phrase. For uh, for April Fool's Day week, of course, it's the week of April Fool's Day. Um, we wanted to, like we said earlier, make a new Star Wars holiday special. Um, for anyone who hasn't ever seen the Star Wars holiday special, um, it is uh, a real trip. Um, they aired it on television dream. once, and George Lucas has said, like, if he could get his hands on every copy and bang it to pieces with a sledgehammer, he would. Of course, now there's the internet, so good luck, George. Um, but mm-hmm. it is really bizarre. Um, it it's was truly, written truly by, bizarre. like, a team of 70s TV writers, and that's very obvious that it was. Um Anybody who has a copy of it, it has all the TV commercials baked into it, which is cool. Like, I have a DVD copy of it. Um, Luke looks crazy. Um, There's English writing all over the place, like text. I'm just trying to think of other kind of basic (laughs) things. Oh, and then so the the whole gist of it is... um, it, it it has sort of a home base like TV variety shows had in the 70s, you know, like Sonny and Cher talk for a while and then they kick it to a little segment or like the Muppet show or things like that. Yeah. Um, and the home base kind of through line of this is 
uh, Chewbacca's family waiting for him to get home to celebrate Life Day. And um, no, there aren't like subtitles or anything. It's just three Wookiees we had never met up until this point just barking at each other. <laughs> it is truly, truly <laughs> awful and disturbing because... Yeah. Okay, Mala. Okay, so 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 to get more background, uh, mm-hmm, Chewie's mm-hmm. family consists of his wife Mala, and honestly, she's great. She looks sure. normal, and she's fine, and she sounds normal. <laughs> and then it's his uh, uh, son Lumpy, <laughs> um, who is terrible, a terrible scourge on the earth, right? And has the worst, makes the worst noises ever, the yeah. worst noises in the world. Possibly, yeah, he's scary and, and bad. Like, he would be kind of cute in like a baby Grinch way from the Jim Carrey <laughs> one if he didn't make the worst noises in the world. And then Itchy is uh, Chewie's dad, and he has the worst mouth ever to be conceived by a puppeteer. <laughs> it's the t- it's terrible. And also, he makes terrible noises. And also, once again, no subtitles, so they're just like screaming at each other in Chirwook. Yes. And it's awful. It's awful. <laughs> Until, like, a human comes by eventually and, like, can sort of uh, interpret what's yeah. going Until on. Until Art but, like, Carney comes along. <laughs> yeah. But, um, okay, so let's just get right God. into it. Um, we sort of we sort of begun the began the outline here, but it's uh, Chewie and Han are in Millennium Falcon, and they're headed to Kashyyyk, but this was the first time ever that that planet was mentioned, and it was pronounced Kazook. Um, yep. for Life Day, the holiday they all uh, celebrate, and his family's waiting for him. Han and Chewie are being chased by Star Destroyers. Now, this sort of home base, like, what is the through line of the show going to be? Josiah and I have already sort of pre-determined and talked about what we think that's going to be, and we, uh, again, we're trying to make this for the modern day. So who now is a good character other than Chewie that, like, doesn't speak and maybe has a family we've never met? And also is sort of like very marketable and like has a, uh, uh, you know, m- one of the breakout non-human stars. from yes. so of course, and is good other... friends with the pilot. Yeah, who else but our favorite round boy, BB-8. <laughs> so... so I think I think we're still, so we've talked about my, I think we are, st- if, I could, if I may, I think mm-hmm, we still mm-hmm. have, in my mind, I've got, we're going kind of new trilogy. Like we're open to every character in the in sort of the world here, but I think yes. this takes place probably what between maybe episode episode eight and nine, possibly. <laughs> um, that's very possible. In my head, it is post nine. Just not in my head, but in sort of what I've written down here, it uh, it okay, may be it. post nine. I can't really remember, but you know, like. Honestly, yeah, that works. And so I think we okay. have, in my mind, I have, I think we have Poe and Chewie and BB-8, and they're still in the Millennium Falcon. Yes, so it's, it's, exactly. So they're in the Falcon, and they're trying to get BB-8 home to his home planet uh-huh. uh, to so, celebrate some yeah, kind of holiday. Yeah, so uh, I wrote down a couple of possible holidays that droids might celebrate. One of them was Droidica, because that is something yeah. in Star Wars, but like Hanukkah or... Um, yes. Like you mentioned something like programming day or like creation <laughs> yeah, artificial, day, like artificial life day. Like yeah. if they're not really alive. I kind of like artificial life day. Um, well, there is even a line in in the holiday special where you three B and R two are like, "I wish we were actually alive so we could experience oh, that's the, right. the, what you're doing right now." So, so crazy. Like, it's wild. So maybe they created their own. Yeah. Uh, but so BB-8 is on the fritz, I think, right? Like he's yeah, damaged. Yeah, so I, I have an I, idea in my head of like why he's damaged. So 
Um, he has everybody's Secret Santa assignments saved to his hard drive, <laughs> but it's saved in a Sith language, and he's yeah, not allowed yeah, yeah. to like play back that evil language. So they need Babu Frick. They gotta go to Babu Frick first before <laughs> they get to BB-8's home. Yeah. Um. So I think then we cut to, uh, Chewbacca's house, right? Or, yeah, or like right. the Chewbacca's house equivalent, which is gonna be just BB-8's home. <laughs> Right, and in the special, Mala, Chewbacca's wife, is trying to reach Chewie and Han and can't reach them, so she calls Luke and talks to him. Luke looks uh, really wild. He has, like, bright yellow hair, and he's, like, really made up. I think it's probably because he had just gotten in that terrible car accident. Um, Yeah, I think that's the timeline, possibly. mm -hmm. It it does. The thing I wrote, and this might be mean since he just got in, he might have just gotten into the accident, but... It, it Luke looks like a very good drag performer is doing a Luke cosplay. He does. Like it, it looks like there is someone who's doing Luke drag. Like it's like they normally do drag, but they're like, I'm good at makeup, so I'm gonna change my face to make it look like Mark Hamill. And that's how he looks. It's 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 very wild. And and I'm sure um, part of that is like cheap seventies television camera and lighting, you know, but uh yeah, really but, so Real quick, since we're cutting to the the family household, I want to say, so BB-8's home planet. Mm-hmm. It's going to be an entirely new planet real quick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think the planet itself is just shaped like BB-8. <laughs> it's just a big BB-8 floating in space. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know what the planet's name is necessarily. Um, maybe just BB and then an inf- infinity sign. So it's just like BB uh, infinity instead uh-huh. of BB-8. So it's eight on the side. And, and so we do meet BB-8's uh, wife, his mm-hmm. dad, and his son. Yes. Do you have any name ideas for them? Because I have one written down for all of them. Okay, yeah. I have some as well. Okay. So, so I think his wife, BB-8, here's my possibilities. Maybe called XX-8 because <laughs> the XX is like a female chromosome. Oh, And uh-huh. she's like a girl droid. So she's got like really big cartoon eyelashes. Yes, eyelashes are on my thing too. My idea was BB-Abe, like B-Babe. <laughs> <laughs> I like the babe better. <laughs> I like the babe. It's a little. It's less of a walk. In fact, all of mine are BB because I think that's just like the model name. And so my other yeah. two, his dad, are as a uh, BBGBs because <laughs> he's the creep and he gives everybody the BBGBs. And then his oh, son that's very good. is a uh, BBLMP or Lumpy. <laughs> yeah, Lumpy for short. <laughs> the only other thing that I thought uh, uh, for the son is just calling him Baby Eight because he's a baby. And no, like, that's they already, that's much better. <laughs> they already called BB Eight like BB Eight, like it's a baby. So the son is just Baby Eight, <laughs> and it's like a very small BB Eight rolling around. And somehow, uh, the dad, uh, I do like BBGB. I think should have a terrible mouth as well. And I don't know how. <laughs> How to like that? What that would look like it's, on a robot? It's the but, same way yeah. how BB-8 has like a thumb, but it's a little like torch. <laughs> yeah, it just sort of comes so out. Got, <laughs> so we got BBAB. So BB Abe. Yeah, uh, babe. And then we've got BBGB, who who's the <laughs> the creepy dad, dad, and then just Baby Eight. Yeah, who's, awesome. who's his son, who's just a little version of it. Yeah, and, and I think real quick. I know we, uh, um, you know, haven't gotten to the sort of variety show segments yet. Right. But I kind of think that, like, when it cuts to Luke, there should be the equivalent of cutting to Ray. Yes. But I think that, I have like, that written down. <laughs> yeah. So, but, but I think in the way that Luke looks really weird, instead of Ray looking really weird, it's just not <laughs> Daisy Ridley. And they're, like, hiding her in, like, smoke and stuff. Uh-huh. And it's just voiceover. That's really, really good. And, and my what I had written down, which this that will still fit, and she can just be obscured, but... 
Um, BB-8's family calls Ray, and she is living at the Lars homestead. She's staring <laughs> out at the twin sons, and she's playing Uno with the Skywalker twins. Um, Luke <laughs> looks crazy in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, still looking very strange. Um, and she doesn't know anything about what, what has happened to BB-8. Yes, okay, I like that. So she's definitely there on Tatooine at the Lars household. And I like that she's playing Uno. That's very good. <laughs> uh, the only other thing I want to check off uh, before we move on is there is a segment really quick, and it's sort of variety e part, that where uh, uh, Chewie's son like has to sit down while like Mala's cooking and like watch a little holograph- hologram video. And it's like a Cirque du Soleil kind of thing. Oh, uh-huh. And so I think for this, the same thing happens where, like, BB Abe is uh, trying to do something to prepare, maybe cooking, like, some, some I don't know, electronic circuits, <laughs> and BB-8 is being distracting, so she makes him sit down and sort of watch a, watch a movie inside his mind. Yeah. And I think instead of, like, a Cirque du Soleil-style thing, I'm bringing in... So this is kind of... My sort of thesis around this is, like, I want this to be very Disney synergy. Like, I... Mm. I this is... We are in the new era, so it's all got to match up. And so I'm thinking instead of Cirque du Soleil, it's Disney on ice. <laughs> and, but it's not your tradition. But the thing that's going to make it weird is it is all Star Wars characters on the Disney on ice. Oh. So it's like you're getting Luke, you're getting Han, you're getting Leia, you're getting Rey. You're get, but it is all ice skating. And so it creates a lot of very big questions about how does this exist canonically inside of uh, this universe. Yes, love it. So that's just that's the last thing I want to do before we kind of uh, you know move on. So the we're still at the household. We can rattle this off quickly, but um, Art Carney comes over. He's a local Kashyyyk human man, and he's a trader. Um, and he tells uh, the family through a carefully worded message that Han and Chewie are on their way and should be arriving soon. My first thought was that could be Zori, you know, the, the real breakout star from episode nine. And then I wrote, or <laughs> no, wait, a droid parts salesman okay. played by Ben Schwartz. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Ben Schwartz is perfect because I couldn't figure out who I wanted that to be Art Carney. And I wrote yeah. down, I, I was thinking Disney Synergy again. I wrote down uh, Robert Downey Jr., but I think that mm. uh, Ben Schwartz is absolutely, yeah, Ben Schwartz is definitely the Art Carney of this one. And he'd do it. Because it's not- like an inside reference for the people who really are on, who, who really are in the know, because he is, of course, the voice of BB-8. Absolutely. Um, so he's a droid uh, part salesman that comes to the home of the BBs. And is, do you think he knows, is he is he friends with, uh, he's friends with Poe and them somehow, and he know he's like, "Don't worry, they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna be here soon. They're just getting him fixed." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I like that. And he's hilarious, and he's so funny. Honestly, Art um, Carney does a decent job in this. It's like he does. He's not. He's. It does. It has that weird old, older timey feel of like you can't tell if they're doing <laughs> improv or if they're just reading lines in a weird way. <laughs> yes, and I don't know which one it is. Um, okay, so uh, in the 70s special, Mala then watches a cooking show. This is our first sort of like departure from the story, and it is um, Harvey Corman, and he has a bunch of arms, and it is very apparent that he is just fucking making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, it's truly awful. And like the bit is that like it's he starts out with two, he's like dressed sort of as your like uh, uh, Julia, whatever child. 
what's her name? Right. Uh, kind Julia of, Child. Yeah, that's her right. kind of cooking lady. But it's an alien, and so he starts out with two arms, and then like as he adds more steps, more arms are appearing to do steps, which like that's a decent bit, but it doesn't land because it's so bad. <laughs> It's just well, and yeah, good. it's not like it's not the bit he's trying. He's he. They're not selling the fact that additional arms keep coming out. It's more just like his bizarre like yeah. <laughs> banter thing. He's a genius. He's like the funniest dude around. But like this is a complete throwaway piece of shit. So in my head, this is like Larry the Cable Guy, <laughs> <laughs> um, and he also has lots of arms. But he's trying to fix his droid. G-R-D, which of course stands for Get Her, get done. her done. Yeah. Uh, can I can I uh, add something? Okay. My yeah, pitch, let's hear yours. My pitch for this, which I, I think I like yours better, but I was kind of staying in the cooking realm, and it, mm. it doesn't – I couldn't figure out a good Harvey Corman like, equalness or right. whatever. So I said it, uh, maybe it's Paul Hollywood and Prue from the Great British Bake Off, <laughs> but they're a, two, they're a two-headed alien, and they're bickering. So instead of having oh. four arms, they're having to work together. But oh, they're that's not, fun. But they're not really comedians. And so I think I like Larry the Cable Guy as a cooking host. And maybe he's doing a Paul Hollywood. Like, maybe he's doing a really yeah. bad British accent that still sounds like his southern accent. Maybe it's him and Paul Hollywood in your sort of two-headed idea. Okay. And the one head is, like, really upset with him the whole time and has to kind of play straight. And he gets to be the sort of goofball um, Can you but imagine neither Paul of Hollywood. them are funny. <laughs> Can you imagine Paul Hollywood having to like talk to Larry the Cable Guy? Put on a shirt with two head holes with Larry <laughs> yeah. the Cable Guy. <laughs> uh, so 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 BB so uh baby BB Abe AB BB AB is watching a droid repair show. Is that right? Or mm-hmm, like a droid mm-hmm. repair show? Yeah, or maybe it's the cooking show. I don't know, who cares? Yeah, maybe they're making droid <laughs> droid food. And so yeah. Larry the Cable Guy is there. I honestly am not married to Paul Hollywood having to be there. If it is Larry the Cable Guy fixing a droid, I want the droid to just look exactly like Mater from Cars so we get that <laughs> Disney synergy again. Yeah, of course. Uh, um, so I then uh, the Chewbacca household again, uh, the the Art Carney guy uh, arrives with Life Day gifts for everyone, and he gives a virtual reality fantasy program God. featuring singing by Diane Carroll uh, for Itchy, the dad. And it's basically like porno. Um, yes. In my head, this gift is coming to him from Babu Frick. <laughs> <laughs> Babu Frick has arrived because he knows he has to be there to fix BB-8 and read the bad message. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the porn idea I had, it might not be great. You you probably have a better one. I don't know. Um, but because it's for robots, I'm thinking it's Eve from Wally. <laughs> Ooh, I can dig that. So what I was thinking was um the since it is porn. Okay, this is a great combo. Since it's oddly weirdly porny and you don't know how to feel about it, I think there's nothing more oddly weirdly porny that I don't know what to think about than ASMR. Uh, so I think it's. <laughs> I think it's Eve from Wally doing ASMR. Oh fuck, that is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's yeah. So Babu Frick gives BBGB uh, or Bobby <laughs> Frick is it Bobby Frick there with with Ben Schwartz? I think he just arrived. Okay. Uh, and he's like, "Hey." He's like, "Hello." Um so yeah, we're doing it. So it's a- it's ASMR. Done by Eve from Wally, which is once again good Disney synergy, baby. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so at this point, 
Han and Chewie are getting closer to Kashyyyk, but there's Imperials everywhere, so they have to land further away uh, right. so that they don't, like, lead them to the home. Um, so I, I guess... he hears the Millennium Falcon and goes to open the door, but, but then uh, they see that... It's actually stormtroopers there, and they come in, and it's like really kind of fucked up because they just like tear apart their house. Yeah, there's actually a really sad part where they literally rip apart one of Lumpy's toys, and it's like, yeah, it's it so sucks. this this whole thing is so strange because it's like the writers were like, we'll do a variety show, but also, what if we really look at like what a sort of imperialist like government war would is do like to like <laughs> the indigenous like uh, people of a planet? It's very right. harsh to watch. Um, so yeah, I think I think that's pretty standard. Like we, I think maybe it's just uh, Poe and Chewie and BB-8 like come in, but yeah, there's it, still some like first order ships there, so they have yep. to like, land further away or whatever. Yeah, right. I wrote also that um, one of the stormtroopers like kicks BB uh, ba- Baby Eight. They kick his soccer ball. <laughs> they like deflate his soccer ball, and it really sucks. Yeah, it's um, and so then sad. Babu Frick turns on a TV, which is the, sort of the same analog here. Uh, Son Dan, the uh, Art Carney character, turns on this video box, and it shows Jefferson Starship just playing a song. <laughs> it's so strange. It's really bizarre. Um, who do you have a, a band analog for today? I have one that I like. <laughs> yeah, I I think my my pitch is it's Weezer, but it sucks. <laughs> I am I'm not even kidding. I have a different band, but mine also is. It's just a song they decided not to include on their album, like their new album. But my my pick was Maroon Five. <laughs> but yeah, same joke. A, we yeah, we went the bad, same direction. Yeah, it's just it's like a decent band that like sometimes ha- like has had some good stuff and can occasionally turn out some new good stuff, but most of the time you're just going like, what are you guys doing? What are right. you doing? I If it is Maroon 5, though, I think we could get some good The Voice crossover, but that's on NBC, mm. though, so maybe not. Maybe not. I don't know. Sure. I'm going to push for Weezer if that's okay. Yeah, no, I like Weezer. Okay. I'm, I'm just... also, by the way, I'm writing down the, the things we ended up kind of going with because at some point we'll have to shoot this. <laughs> yeah, I, I am actually on the dock right now putting in the little <laughs> in, oh, on good. the side okay, everything that we're yeah maybe we're... like when we eventually inevitably end up covering the holiday special as an episode um we could just kind of give it a grade real quick or maybe at the end and otherwise it's just us like reading out our <laughs> written script our act- it's a which lot by of the just... way we're already like really late into this episode and we still have like half of this to get through <laughs> yeah this is gonna go a little long but it's okay i'm having fun I'm done talking about Spaceballs. I mean, like, we I, covered oh, it. So. Absolutely, I'm done. And we will come back and give it a rating, but I do not care anymore. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, back at the Chewbacca household, um, at, while they're watching the Jefferson Starship video, the officer, the, the Imperial officer that is there, tells the troops to continue searching and tells Mala to keep Lumpy busy while they search his room. So Lumpy and all of us at home watch a cartoon on the view screen featuring the first ever appearance of Boba Fett. Okay. The cartoon the cartoon is weird and jittery but easily the best part of the special. It's completely watchable. It's just a little sort of side quest Marvel Comics kind of adventure and it's unclear if Boba is a good guy or not. He's cool looking but he's also sort of scary looking. Yeah. It turns out he's not a good guy. He's um, riding so, a dinosaur okay. the whole time. Before we before we dig deep into the cartoon pitch I, I mm-hmm. want to go back and, and and look at another little thing because there is a point where Mala and them call Leia, I think that which is before mm. this point. 
And I think. Oh, that... okay. I missed a couple of these things because I didn't bother watching it again. I oh, just dude, I watched it. I watched it. I think for the first time. I thought I'd seen it when I was a kid, but I don't think I'd actually seen it. Um, yeah. So I they... will never watch it again. It's oh, just it's such truly, a truly, truly bad. But so I think they call Leia, and in, instead of calling Leia, it's calling um, uh, 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 Finn. And I think yeah, of course. So in, in, in the holiday special, Leia like see, she's just very loose, and there's sort of this uncomfortable oh, yeah. thing where you're like you're not sure if she's drunk or maybe high and like it was carrie fisher in the you know 80s so like it's definitely possible or the 70s i mean the late 70s um but i think so instead of that we have john boyega and he's just like on twitter like reacting to people <laughs> and is like being real salty and and is obviously reading off of a teleprompter uh so that's that i think that's sort of the equivalent there um that is so funny because i missed this call or this row in our doc here but i have the, the appearance of finn toward the end that he's talking shit on star wars <laughs> <laughs> yes so good job okay yeah thank you uh okay so give me your pi- okay i'll give you my pitch for the boba fett cartoon because i'm more interested okay, cool. in yours because i'm not super sold on mine um, i'm not really either but go ahead okay mine is just that it's a marvel crossover <laughs> Because it's Disney synergy, and sure. I don't know what it is aside from I think it's just like the Avengers meet like you know Luke or something. But I don't love that, so I want to hear what yours is. Yeah, so I it took me a while. Again, I sort of thought of Zori Bliss, and then Maz Kanata, and then Captain Phasma, just sort of cool characters that we never really learn much about. Um, yeah, not really sold on any of those. I am sold on the idea that. Um, we could either match the animation style from the holiday special because it's cool and fucking weird, so, or they make everybody it could so be strange. done by it could be done by Gendry Tartakovsky because he did the uh, that like mini or micro series of uh, the Clone Wars before the the 3D animated one. Yes. And oh yeah. His animation style is dope. Um, I like that. So the other this one is, I wrote... this is like yeah, it is sort of the best part of it because it is watchable. So I think this part yeah needs to be something that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. Um so I wrote um this this is another possible idea that might be kind of cool. I don't know. Um timeline-wise, uh, as far as all the information we have now, it ought to work. Um but it's a cartoon of Finn, Poe, Ray, and Rose and they're like a team. Uh-huh. Um they go out and search for a quote powerful being. It it was told to them that like there's a possible new threat out there it's this powerful being so it's a sort of like treasure hunt kind of cartoon adventure to try to find this powerful being only to find they end up they end up finding this being and it is a speaking and walking and and articulate baby yoda (laughs) but now he's like a teen or you know like a quick he's you know he's the equivalent of like a 15 year old so he's i mean if he was 50 in that show at the time uh, that was just after Return of the Jedi, so probably maybe another, let's call it 20 years, so he's 70. Yeah. Let's say that a 70-year-old Yoda species is like a uh, somewhere between Jake Lloyd Anakin and Hayden Christensen Anakin. Like, he's got, like, an attitude. Um, yes. And he just, like, completely fucks them up. Like, they <laughs> end up they end up coming back to the the resistance or the new new republic or whatever it's called with just with their tails between their legs and they're like well this guy is this guy's it <laughs> i like that i think that's perfect because it is once again disney plus synergy here sure. i think it's got to be baby yoda animated but he is like yet yeah, preteen yoda for yeah. sure i love that uh that's perfect it, it, that's it that's it and it's by that animator uh, whose name i don't know how to say that you just said yeah tartakovsky uh that's very good so 
we're back in the Chewbacca household in the original special, um, and it's just sort of like a big like fart because like we just saw like the one cool part of the special. Um, Lumpy is working on a translation device that will fool the Imperials into returning to their base by faking their commander's voice. To do so, he first must watch the manual for the device being presented by a malfunctioning, incompetent robot also played by Harvey Corman. So the second time we've seen him, and it is equally unwatchable. <laughs> so does this have to be, does this mean it has to be Larry the Cable Guy again? <laughs> well, I know. I wrote that down. Like, I don't want it to be Larry the Cable Guy again, but I wrote, oh, here we go. Yeah, here's, <laughs> okay, here's what I wrote. BB Lumpy hacks together a fake broadcast, but it's not Larry the Cable Guy this time. It's like fucking Bazinga. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, back to the ships, you pugilists. <laughs> <laughs> I don't that's, know. <laughs> that's great. I love, I, lo- I love it. Why not? Let's get the Bazinga freaking, guy. Let's freaking sh- get Sheldon in here. Yeah, it's Sheldon Cooper, and he's he is wearing like a Green Lantern T-shirt or whatever, but he has like a a weird like visor or like eye yeah. thing. So it's like, oh, it's sort of sci-fi. <laughs> yeah. Um. What's funny is when I was telling us my I was telling my parents about how weird it was. My parents were like, "Oh, they were getting like all the CBS because it aired on CBS, and so they were yeah. they're like getting CBS current CBS stars to be in this, which is why like all yeah, these right. people are just randomly in it." Uh, okay, so, so that's crazy. good. Um, also, I love the one that I watched. The, the how it started was the, the an episode of The Incredible Hulk will not be airing tonight. Instead, <laughs> it's going to be the holiday special. And I'm, yeah. in the comments, people were like, man, that would have been brutal if you tuned in to watch The Incredible Hulk. And then it was <laughs> this garbage. Yeah. Uh, okay. Complete um, with like recycled and cut footage from the original Star Wars movie, but like very poorly color corrected. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's brutal. So then the Imperials are searching downstairs and then like the view screen activates and there's like announcement that uh, the planet um, like everywhere is being put under a curfew or is it just Tatooine right. or something? I don't know. It seems like everywhere, but we see it from the point of view of the cantina the, on Tatooine. The amazing thing is that in order to set this up, they're like, we go now live to Tatooine where it's unrehearsed <laughs> and it's live. And this is to uh-huh. show you how bad your life could be. Like, it, they're, yeah, like right. they're saying that we're showing you live footage from Tatooine to be like, look how shitty it is there. Aren't you glad you're not? Which is wild. It's a wild way to set it up. But then we have maybe the, I don't know, this might be like, it's not good, but it seems like it no. might be the most competently put together variety section, if that yes, makes sense. Yes, sure. Yep. And tell um, them and what it is, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it's, uh, it's on Tatooine. It's at the Moss Eisley Cantina. And Akmena, which is a bartender there that we did not see in Star Wars, played by B. Arthur, is running the place, um, and she is approached by an admirer, Krellman, an amorous alien, who has misunderstood something she said to him recently. Akmena, upon being ignored, sings a farewell song. The basic melody of the music of the song is the Cantina Band song, but it is sung over the top, and it's a different sung melody. It's not good... Um, no. And there's a guy at one point who pours a drink into the top of his head because he's like a volcano guy. <laughs> it's it's the same guy. It's the guy who's like trying to get, <laughs> oh, oh, get with her. She uh, she pours a, yeah, and she pours a whole like pitcher into his head. <laughs> it's very weird. So okay, here's the here's the uh, beat breakdown that I wrote, and and okay, pitch yours too. But uh, 
I'm I'm seeing it as it's the ruins of Maz Kanata's castle on Takodana. Yep, I said and, it's a, it's at Maz Kanata's. So okay, yes, absolutely. Cool. And the uh, the person performing, I was like, who's like a modern day TV star that people kind of love, but you also would be like, what? Why is she singing? And so my thought was Sofia Vergara. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and the song she's singing is to the tune of the Lin-Manuel slash J.J. Abrams Maz Kanata song. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. And yep, also yep, that yep. volcano head guy is there. <laughs> um, yeah, so you're going to – so two, we are on the same page because uh-huh. I said Lin-Manuel Miranda is playing piano. Okay. He's there. <laughs> and it's it's the same thing. Uh, it, it's like it's him. You can tell it's him, but he's like sort of dressed like an alien. Yeah. And it's at Maz Kanata's. And I, I wasn't sure. I like Sofia Vergara a lot because I think that fits in with sort of the B. Arthur vibe. Uh-huh. But also I was just like, fuck it. It's Betty White. You know what? <laughs> like if we're going to do Golden Girls, it's just Betty White. Like, yeah, okay, that's true. Whatever. She is like still around and still <laughs> beloved. And somehow she's like the only one that we care about now. Like, yeah, right. I don't know. It's like Ruth Bader like, Ginsburg and Betty White. I kind of like Sofia Vergara though, because she is because uh, Modern Family is ABC, and that's good synergy, and that's what oh, I'm all that's about. True. For this well, yeah, special. it is. It is sort of like the person or one of the people who is like a sitcom person of now. I, I had a hard time with that one. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think I like Sofia Vergara. I think that's fun. It's it's out it's out of left field, and it would be confusing. Yeah, you'd, you'd be, be like, like, why is she singing? What? <laughs> Uh, okay, so then basically that happens. Oh, yeah, the Volcano Head guy is definitely still there, and I think yeah. she definitely – I think she pours, like, a big pitcher into his head, and it's, like, way too much, and you're like, how is it still going? Yeah. Like, it's it's it's, it's, it's an uncomfortable amount of liquid going into this man's body yeah, that's through his good. Volcano Head. Uh, okay, so then Chewy – okay, so, yeah, Lumpy basically puts – if we're back in the, in the household mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. Uh, Chewbacca – are we still saying is like is the way we get into this still like through a view screen of like there's a curfew being put in by first order uh, again like I think yeah that... I guess so because it also it equally doesn't really make a lot of sense yeah why not um okay but so uh at this point Lumpy puts in his plan to with the Bazinga guy uh except it's not the Bazinga he puts in a plan basically putting in a fake call for the Imperials to return right. to the base one stormtrooper stays behind. Then he upsettingly like finds Lumpy and chases him, and it's sad and scary yeah. and weird. Um, I also and said then, that uh, the Art yeah. Carney character in this, you know, he he responds that the trooper stole supplies and deserted, and they kind of get him kicked out. Uh, but the the analog there would be it's Babu Frick, and he tells the officer that the other stormtrooper deserted, and the officer completely understood because the officer was also a Frick species. <laughs> <laughs> it just works for the third, the first order. I love that, and and so uh, right before that, actually, we do get a Han and Chewie actually yes, arrive. Right, yes. Um, and so they they get rid of the stormtrooper, and then Art Carney has to make it. Oh story. yeah, sorry. I so I think no, I think you're, oh you're good. For here, I think we have BB-8 and everybody arriving. Yeah. Um, and Babu Frick's there, and they get rid of the other first order trooper, and then Babu Frick, uh pulls that bit with the officer like you said and it definitely is just another Bobby Frick alien because that's amazing okay so everybody arrives and I think after that point what's next we've got basically at this point it's almost time for the the life day ceremony for tubby bye bye <laughs> yeah it's almost time for tubby bye bye uh, so I think Bobby Frick fixes BB-8 
And then right. it's time for the artificial life day ceremony. Yes. So what do you have for that? Do you have anything in, for that? In the life day uh, celebration, it's like a weird like black background. They're in like a complete like void space. And they're all wearing like red robes. All the Wookiees are, that is. Um, and they're all holding these like glowing orbs. And they walk into this bright star. It's really strange. Um, in my head... The orbs are the BB-8 family. They're all just mm. glowing, and they're also though somehow wearing <laughs> red robes. <laughs> okay, so 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 Life Day and Artificial Life Day have co-celebrations. Oh yes, where Wookies are carrying BB-8s, and they're the little <laughs> light bulbs. Yes. So we still see Wookies in red robes carrying little BB units that are also yeah, in right. red robes that are also Chewie's glowing. Chewie's family is all there. <laughs> okay, great. So Chewie's family is carrying. Uh, BB-8's family, and they're all wearing red robes, and the BB units are glowing. Yes. Okay, um, perfect. And then I said that... Uh, so, Oh, and then so Leia sings this song, and it's sort of to the tune of the music of the Star Wars theme, but like again, the sung part is kind of a different melody. It is rough to watch. <laughs> yeah, she's like, her voice is fine. It's good, but the song isn't good. And also it's just like, just kind of like looking at her while she sings. Yes, and it's, it's like just like orchestration. It's, it's like that thing in any TV show where someone sings. Like you know, the, a couple of episodes where like on Sabrina and the Teenage Witch, they'd have like Britney Spears yeah. or like Hanson just like do a song. <laughs> yeah, it's very odd. Uh, um, and so I wrote um, Finn. Uh, oh, <laughs> so in in my version here, Finn is there, and before it's time for him to sing. Um, or, or it is time for him to sing, but he doesn't know that the camera was already rolling. And the entire time he was just talking a bunch of shit on uh, all the different people involved in episode nine. <laughs> and then uh, he goes like, oh, and, and then he sings. Um, but it is really strangely to the tune of the Attack of the Clones love theme, <laughs> <laughs> which is the I only like prequel reference that I ever made. Um, that's good. I had that... Let's see, what did I have? I had it, yeah, I think that's better because I said it's still to the tune of the theme, but it's just different words. Um, <laughs> but I, I, but I, I dig that. And I think, like, yeah, we have all the stars there again. Everyone is being weird in the way they it, it is Daisy Ridley this time. Like, it wasn't <laughs> earlier, but now she, because she could only make it. They were able to get her for, for, like, one day. <laughs> yeah, they could only get her for the one day, so she's there. Also, I just want to say the whole time Oscar Isaac looks like he doesn't want to be there, just yeah. like Harrison Ford looked like he doesn't want to be there. Right. What if so also they do it was revealed that the they were on, like, the Jimmy Kimmel Live sound stage? <laughs> yes, the whole time. Uh, what were you saying? So yeah, Finn sings a song. Well, the only the only other thing that happens after this is Chew is there is a slow zoom in on Chewie's face that is expressionless, <laughs> and then and then it goes to a flashback where it just shows everything that happened in A New Hope. Oh right, and. It pretty it's like just sort of goes through the major events of where he was there <laughs> and it goes to the end of the movie and then it slow pans out and it's still just him with an expressionless face. <laughs> and so I think I think for that we zoom in to BB-8's expressionless face and uh -huh. we just replay all of Force Awakens yes, the entire movie. I love that. And then maybe uh and maybe after that um all of the previous movies are summarized by that one kid on uh Canto Bite, who's like, oh, does a big god Jedi Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it just cuts to him, and he explains the whole all the other movies. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and and then someone says, and I don't know how it's possible, but somehow Palpatine is back. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. So so the last thing that happens is that the uh, Wookiee family sits down on the table, looks like they're about to eat. They bow their heads, they hold hands. So I think we have the BB-8 family all around. Um, like holding hands and doing stuff and then like i don't know emperor palpatine's face just comes up like on a monitor (laughs) and he says somehow i'm back and it's terrible (laughs) and then there's like a circle zoom to black that goes (laughs) (laughs) yep and that's the end of the that's the end of the special Man, is this gonna be an, a, a worthwhile episode to listen to? <laughs> I I I have no idea. Uh, okay, I think Space there's some good balls. stuff there. Space balls. All right. Well, that's our holiday special. That now eventually we're gonna have to write a script for and maybe film or something. I don't know. Or or that could be the extent of it. <laughs> <laughs> we could never return to this. Leave a leave a comment on the on our YouTube page. <laughs> le- le- tweet at us if uh, if you thought that was worth listening to, or if you never want to hear mention of it again. <laughs> um. Yeah. And so let's real quick. Uh, we're going long, so let's give Spaceballs a rating real quick and mm-hmm, have mm-hmm. some final thoughts, and then get the f out of here. Yeah. So we said that it was very Star Wars because it 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 does the Star Wars thing, um, but then it's, you know, fourth wall breaky and comedy Mm -hmm. and spoofy. I feel like the sort of central pros and cons. Yeah, I think it's above, I think it's in the top half because it is literally trying to be Star Wars. I think it gets knocked down because it's comedy and spoofy and not like a good story. So I'm just going to say a six. Like, why not? Yeah, no unit of measure. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's fine. Fine. It's six. Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are the... It's six radar noises from the guy from Police Academy or whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I also had six in mind. Mine is going to be six assholes. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Okay. Uh, and uh, that's that's it. So it's about it's about time for Tubby. Or do you want us on the internet? Yeah, well, it's it's well past time for Tubby. Bye bye. Yeah, so, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at How Star Wars Is It. Mike Gospel on Twitter. Word Gospel Nine on YouTube and Instagram. Josiah Man or the Josiah Man on Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And Mike has a, a good podcast at gmail.com. Mike's YouTube has a really great video right now that is still blowing up and is going uh, uh, has like over a hundred thousand views now, which is wild. And it's um yeah crazy. making an action figure of Claire Savitz from Bullet Te- Test Kitchen in the style of those videos, and it's fantastic. Go watch it if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, it's about time for Tubby Bye Bye. So let's go. Yeah, let's leave. So, like we always. Um, yeah, like we always say. <laughs> say, we, we love, love you. you and, and may the fourth be with you. you. Bye. Spaceball! Spaceball!